Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I said good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you today? <laughs> My name is Jackie Lewis. And yep, come, keep on coming in, keep on coming. My name is Jackie, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm the senior minister here at Middle Church. If this is your first time, welcome. Welcome home, we're glad to see you. If you're online for the first time, hello, welcome home. We're glad you're here, we're waving at you. There are new families connecting to us because it's Children's Sabbath, and I'm so thrilled to look at our little ones who used to be peanut-sized. Come on, everybody. We're thrilled to celebrate. This is our 18th annual Children's Sabbath that we've celebrated at Middle Church. Yay, that deserves some love. So, let me just tell you, let me tell something to you. <laughs> this is also Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, we've been emphasizing uh, Hispanic heritage all month, and I'm thrilled to be able to put together our celebration of Hispanic heritage and an invitation to our guest speaker today, who is Nelba Marquez-Green. Nelba is the founder of the Anna Grace Project. She is a therapist, a musician, a mom, and she and her husband, Jimmy, lost their daughter, Anna Grace, uh, in the Newtown shooting. Never have I seen more grace in the midst of grief. And so we're thrilled that they're here today, thrilled to celebrate Children's Sabbath, celebrate life together, celebrate on this day, and to hear some beautiful music from Jimmy, who happens to play the saxophone quite well, <laughs> and a beautiful word from Melba. Welcome. When worship winds down, Nelba and I are going to do a little talk back right here, just talk a little bit about the world and the things, because the things are happening in the world. Um, there are many things to tell you about what's happening at Middle Church, but let me just say, upcoming, our, our annual uh, interfaith book fair, check that out. Um, let me say that the park is always open, including today, so if you want to stay for the talk back and then go hang out in the park for a little bit, that would be great. And there's something else that's right on the tip of my tongue. But it's not coming. So the bulletin tells you all the good things. And Tina and John, thank you for loving up on our kids so beautifully. With all that in mind and more, let's take a deep breath. Think of God's goodness, the love that is hovering in the universe, waiting to comfort us. And let us worship God with our opening hymn. Come on, children. Our friends, if you would stand as you are able as we get ready to get our activist voices going. Here we go. Got my hands 
my favorite here. Bianca and Benny here, and we are welcoming you to the message for all ages. <laughs> yeah, so we want to share yeah, some yeah. really special words that are from our one of our favorite songs called Vivir Mi Vida. Mm. And it is such a great tune that the Jerese Johnson Gospel Choir sang it last week. And they sang it. Sure did. Okay, so part mm-hmm. of the song is this very special verse. And it's four lines, and it it's like the secret codes to the universe. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. It's like these special instructions. Yeah, but I don't know by From like know. the ancestors. Okay, so listen to these words. Ready? Yeah. Voy a vivir el momento. Para entender el destino, voy a escuchar en silencio. Para encontrar el camino. What? Do you know Spanish? I I speak a little, poquito Spanish. Pero here's what it is. It says, I will live in the moment to understand the destiny. I will listen in silence (laughs) to find the way. I will live in the moment to understand the destiny. I will listen in silence to find the way. What the heck? What the heck does that mean? Well, let's try to explore that really quickly mm. in our bodies. Yeah. How do we live in the moment? Let's try it. Can you give me a little magic finger? Yeah, sure. Cool. And then let's do a little tap, tap, tap on our head. Can you try it with me? Cool. So tap on your head and feel what that feels like. And then move it to your forehead. And then down to your cheeks. Gentle. Gentle tapping and feel how it feels on your chin and then moving down your throat and then to your chest. Maybe you can do a uh, and then to your arms, family. Arms, 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 and then clap for me. Very good. Now place both those hands on your heart. Where's your heart? Very nice. And then take a deep breath, breathing in your nose and out of your mouth. Ah, very good. And we live in the moment to understand the destiny, our destiny, our destiny together. So middle family, let's say a prayer of thanks to God. Heavenly creator, we thank you for bringing us together to celebrate the Latino way, the Latina way, Latinx way, Hispanic way. We thank you for all the ways that we are proud of our culture. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for our shared destiny. May we remember that we're writing it together. This is our story to create. And we'll see you on the road. Amen.
who have gathered. We're so glad to see you. Thank you for being here on this Children's Sabbath. Uh, my name is Jackie Lewis, and this is the time in our worship celebration when we gather our hearts and our minds in prayer. Uh, it has been said that prayer is primary speech, which is to say it's something we know how to do even before we have language. It predates language, an ability to create something in the world together with our creator. Doesn't that sound beautiful to imagine? Imagine a baby's gurgles, imagine the, the sounds of crying, imagine our hopes and dreams poured out of our bodies, even without language. Paul wrote, when we don't know what to pray, the spirit prays on our behalf in sighs too deep for words. So there's a lot to pray about today. There's Thanksgiving that we are in this community together. Oh, isn't it good to be home in this space? Um, and there's more things than we could ever imagine in the news about the January 6th insurrection. And there's a 15-year-old in Mississippi who was killed with his hands up, and another teenager in Raleigh who just decided to kill some people. And we're still struggling with COVID. And lots of our children are hungry. And we are in charge of making a world for our children. We are in charge of making a world for our children that we can be proud of, in which they can be safe, in which they can thrive and survive, in which they can have enough, in which all boats rise to quote the Children's Defense Fund, and in which no child is left behind. So as we pray today, I want to leave some space for some Pentecostal noise, because God has incredible hearing and can hear us as we talk simultaneously. So in the space where I, where I leave, I want you to say your prayer. Will you do that? And it'll be really clear uh, where, where we're at in that. But let me hear you dream God's dream for our children. Yeah? OK. Let's take a deep breath. And let us pray. Jeremy, will you give me will you give me sounds? Thank you, love. Holy God, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child. I sometimes thought my parents had lost their minds, but mostly I felt protected, fed, clothed, shepherded. Mommy taught us to pray every day, that it didn't matter what we said, but you'd hear and know. And so as you mother us today, God, as you parent us today, I ask that you would have a special, a special tender spot for the child in each of us who may or may not have felt seen or loved or understood, protected. In whatever way our own inner child needs some tender love and mercy today, I ask that you would grant us this healing, encouragement, pat us on the back and tell us it's going to be OK. Let us put our head in your bosom, God, and feel nurtured by you. I pray for every child in our lives. And God, that's all the children, the ones who have safe spaces, the ones who have enough food and clothing and shelter, the ones who live without violence, and the ones, God, who 
live on the edge, who are hungry, who are cold, the ones who are frightened, the ones who are old enough, smart enough, wise enough to look at adults and think, what's wrong with them? Why can't they be civil to each other? Why can't they care for each other? Why can't they turn the energy that they spend fighting on us, God, those children? <laughs> we beg their forgiveness. And we beg yours that we're not taking care of Mama Earth, that we're not sharing our resources, that we're not making infrastructure better, that we're not making water clean, that we can't get guns off the street, that we can't make economies in which children flourish, that we can't make peace on Earth. God, forgive us. Help us model to the little people everywhere that we can change, that we can be transformed, that we can learn, that we can fall down, that we can get up, that we can start anew, that your mercies are new and our ability to be new is new every morning. Give us what we need, God, because if the least of these, if the little ones you said are allowed to come to you, we'll know what the reign of God is like. Oh Lord, make us able to create containers in which the little ones can come. Come to you without hindrance, with joy. With well-being, with shalom. And we pray for our adult selves that we will not give up on each other, that we will be merciful toward each other, and that we together will hold hands and make a chain of humankind and kindness so that we can participate in the healing of the world with you. This is our prayer. This is our hope. Amen. I'm so lucky today that two of my little friends are going to come help us to pray the Lord's Prayer together. We're going to have Idara and Talani. They're going to come and help us pray the prayer. Hell yes, come on. Why don't you stand as you're able? And pray the prayer the way you know it, or the inclusive one in the bulletin, or the way our friends lead you, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Everlasting and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good afternoon, everyone. 
Children's Sabbath is by far my favorite services out of the year. It is such a wonderful way to see our children participate in meaningful ways in our service. My name is Reverend Mira Solani Joyner. I use she, her pronouns. And joining me today is my daughter. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Misha. So Misha's going to be helping me out as we deliver the passing of the peace message, right? Now, do you know what it, why we do that? What, what does it mean to pass the peace? Um, is, it, is it to say hello to someone? Well, yes, we, we want to say hello to our community and see their faces and make eye contact with them. But what does it mean to pass the peace? Why do we do it in service? If someone's having a really bad day, maybe if you say hi to them and start a conversation, maybe their day might be a little better. That's right. That's right. And, and it's a little bit more than that, too. Because as Reverend Jackie said, you know, it's a form of prayer, too. We, we pray with our words, but we also pray with our bodies. And not just directly to God, but we're saying a prayer to one another, to our community. So when we pass the peace to one another, we're wishing them and praying peace to them today and always. And there are so many different ways to do it. What are some ways that we can pass the peace to each you other? Can, you can shake someone's hand. You can shake someone's hand. Um, what else can we do? You can do this. Yeah, this is how I taught um, folks a couple weeks ago. And I can see this as well. We can do this, give a, give a self hug. What's another way to pass the peace? You can peace? also put a peace sign. Put a peace sign, yeah. You know, what if, what if our online family, what can they do to pass the peace to one another? They can put a peace emoji. That's right, put a peace emoji up. So I invite you all, family, friends, community here at Peace, pass the peace to one another.
don't, we, we do not take for granted the beautiful, beautiful music. We're so glad. Thank you so much. Friends, it is my uh, honor to, uh, to introduce, to welcome to the pulpit, um, Nelba Marquez Green, her husband, Jimmy Green, our new friend, Chelsea, is gonna read scripture. So it's gonna go like this right now. <laughs> and we're gonna have um, Jimmy play some beautiful music, and then Chelsea's gonna read scripture, and then Nelba's going to preach. And you are gonna be uh, thrilled. Uh, to hear this beautiful word that God has put in the heart. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, okay. Come on, come on, Jim. Good morning. So this is a hymn that was deeply meaningful, is deeply meaningful to our family. We bring you greetings on behalf of my family, my husband Jimmy, who I lovingly call my boyfriend, myself, and our two uh, children, uh, Isaiah and Anna Grace. <laughs> almost 10 years ago when we lost our daughter in the Sandy Hook school shooting and our son survived, we were asked to release something. Imagine losing all that we have lost and being asked to release something. And we released that. We released a video of our children, Anna and Isaiah, at the panel playing, Come Thou Almighty King. And that's why we chose that song to share with you today. I bought my own music, and I also bought my own scripture reader. So I'd like to introduce Chelsea, and Chelsea will be reading our scripture selection for today.
Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. Thank you. So I stand before you, a person wholly unqualified for this holiest of ass, and I am acutely aware of this, um, to give a message at Middle Church uh, during Children's Sabbath, an initiative of the Children's Defense Fund. And like so many invitations that I get, my first instinct is typically a resounding no. Um, I struggle with fear, uh, but there's something about communion with God that brings me to a greater place of knowing. And I knew that if, even if I was afraid and I didn't understand the why behind the invitation and I felt unqualified, this was a yes. Um, and I could think of a thousand disqualifiers to this yes. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a trained minister. I'm not a member of the, of the clergy. I grapple with God and I get angry with people. Um, but the yes still lingered in my spirit and I have learned to do things afraid. Um, and though I didn't understand the why, I thought that maybe I could trust the who. The first who I trusted is God, um, the same one I grapple with and have so many questions for, the same one who has spent over four decades whispering words of affirmation into my fearful and anxious heart. Every single day I live somewhere on the continuum between overwhelmed and overcoming, and God sustains me in both places. The second who I trusted was Reverend Jackie Lewis, but our first, <laughs> our first kind of interaction or my first meeting with Reverend Jackie wasn't through me, it was with my son. Apparently my son, who lives away at school, was introduced to her through a public speaking opportunity. And my son, who lives away at school, isn't really great at calling home. How many of you have teenagers and understand the struggle of really wanting to know more about their day but getting nothing more than a grunt? Uh, if you get more than a grunt, it's a good day. Um, but that day he had a lot to say and I got this call out of the blue and his first words were, hi mom. I was so crushed, it was mom. There was a lady here, and she took all of your lines. <laughs> and I was so deeply confused, but he was not confused, and he kept going. We had a speaker, and this lady was talking about love, and love being the guiding light in all we do. And I looked at my roommate, and I said, this is the same thing my mom says at home, but mostly to me. Um, and my reply was, Isaiah, many thinkers share big ideas. What was their name? And he responded, Reverend Jackie Lewis. So thank you. Thank you. The third who I trusted was Marion Wright Edelman, beloved founder and longtime executive director of the Children's Defense Fund, Children's Defense Fund sponsor of this Children's Sabbath. We are fortunate as a family to have had many interactions with her after the shooting when she came to Newtown, at my husband's concerts, at award ceremonies, and at my daughter's playground. She has spent years remembering us, and decades, a lifetime of doing the work. And while there aren't any words to encapsulate her legacy, I'd like to bring you into a picture of her humanity. In 2018, the Marion Wright Edelman invited me to the CDF Haley Farm in Tennessee alongside a gr group of women spiritual and movement leaders in their community. If you haven't been, I would certainly take the time to familiarize yourself. In the main, there are many buildings, there are many just kind of facilities, but in the main buildings and space on the property, there is um, a house and it is surrounded by a wraparound porch. And that wraparound porch is dotted with rocking chairs, adult-sized rocking chairs. And each one of those rocking chairs has a plaque on it with the name of an abolitionist. It is beautiful, overwhelming. I was deeply moved. But if you look even more closely on that wraparound porch, there were four tiny chairs. Their plaques read, Addie Mae Collins. Cynthia Wesley, Carol Robertson, and Carol Denise McNair. 
if you're unfamiliar with those names. Those are the names of the four little girls murdered in 1963 at the 16th Street Baptist Church of Birmingham in a bombing by a white supremacist. I don't know that anyone at the retreat noticed or knew that I would get up in the morning and pray by those chairs because there was just something about their size that moved my spirit. To make a long story short, Marion caught me out there one day and there is a fifth chair there now alongside Addie and Cynthia and both Carols. And that chair reads Anna Grace Marquez Green, six. There are very few words to encapsulate Marion's professional legacy, but there are even fewer that encapsulate her humanity. Remember in the beginning when I told you that I accepted the invitation to come here today, even though I was afraid? It's because I trusted the call to come because of God, Reverend Lewis, and Ms. Edelman's actions, my trusted who's. They offered the call in the most Christ-like way my human heart understood, by demonstrating compassion for our neighbor, concern for justice, and comfort for the grieving. I believe these to be essential elements of our faith. In the scripture I chose so beautifully read by my friend Chelsea, the words of Jesus, instruction. As parents and caregivers, we mirror this instruction when bringing our children to church and encouraging a faith walk. My questions for us all during this children's Sabbath, what exactly are we asking our children to come to when we ask them to come? And are we truly honoring the call? My son was eight when he survived a mass shooting and lost his sister. He was 11 when he first heard someone chant, build that wall at school. He was 13 when he looked at me one day after visiting the church of a friend and said, Mom, today I know why we go to our church. <laughs> because that church we just visited would have been really nice to slaves but our church would have actually tried to do something about ending slavery. He was 16 when we began life in a new reality, a pandemic, and the summer of such horrific news of the murders of black men and women. He was 17 when we watched the hearings of the first black woman Supreme Court justice nominee. We were in Florida and I made them watch. We were on holiday and spring break, and I said, no, we are watching. Um, and we also saw the undeniable assault of her very being for one and one reason only, because she's a black woman. Despite all of these things, I am clear where God is. I am clear in his instruction. The Bible says in Isaiah 1:17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. In Micah, he has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and love kindness and to walk humbly with your God in Amos? But let justice roll on like river and right like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. Again in Isaiah, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice, and blessed are all who wait for him. Compassion for our neighbor, concern for justice, and comfort for the grieving. I know where God is. I am assured of where God is. I read the instruction manual. I believe with my whole heart in the call. I just don't know where church is sometimes. Our undying, our undying hope in the Savior took to public display after Anna's murder. There were religious folks who just wanted to exploit our tragedy for everything. We had many asked to stand up for mandatory prayer in schools or homeschooling or this or that, and every time there was an asked, we waited against who we understood God to be. Every day of their lives, my husband prayed with our children in English and Spanish. We attended church and they loved the children's programming. They knew nothing but a loving God. There was no way we would trade what we knew about God for any measure of influence offered to us inconsistent with what we knew as truth. 
God lives and God loves. I believe the moment our daughter was killed, she met a savior with arms wide open. I also believe this truth exists for our living children, that they also have a savior that is ready to greet them with arms wide open, that there's a God that loves them in all ways, that this relationship can serve as one of sustaining faith, courage, and hope that can guide them in trying times, a comforter, a friend, an encourager, a seeker of justice, an ally, all of those things. Someone that is a who they can trust and a who they might take brave steps for, just like I trusted my who's and took a brave step today, even though I was afraid and I'm still afraid right now and right here. <laughs> Our son somehow maintained his faith in Jesus after surviving a mass shooting and all those things I listed he has seen. I don't have the magic answer as to why, but I do think it's in part because he remembered that when our lives were typical, we taught him to come and to trust the who. And when our lives became extraordinarily difficult, like they have been every day since December 14th, 2012, he also knew he could come and he could still trust the who. Little children should come, but not into a world filled with gunfire. Little children should come, but not into ashes left behind by climate change we refuse to address. Little children should come, but not onto a plane sent to the vineyard to prove a point. Little children should come, but not by forced birth or poverty or underfunded schools. Little children should come, but not into systems that ignore their well-being and tell them that we will not allow them to be who they know they are. <laughs> Little children should come, but not where we have allowed over two million caregivers globally to die in a pandemic. Little children should come, but not into a world filled with such preventable grief. So church, if we want our children to come, may it be into the arms of a savior they know loves them deeply and into a relationship with a big loving who that can comfort in trial and offer preparation for this long haul walk of faith to make them the next generation of great leaders, to give them courage to make bold choices, whether that's to sing in choirs or to start nonprofits or all the many wonderful things that we know our children have the potential to do. But also when they come, that they are met with people, us, the adults, that would not be silent. Silent. We must too decide what the fingerprint of our allegiance to Christ would look like, what our legacy of faith will be for them, that our children deserve better than silent adults. In 2015, we decided we would no longer sit in pews on Sunday that would betray us on Election Tuesday. We stepped away from a church culture that demanded our silence in the face of turmoil and injustice. And I hope we keep growing in boldness and wisdom as we continue this walk. I know what we've walked away from. And now is the time for faith communities to build what we're walking towards the shape of which should model Christ's welcome, right? For those already doing the work, maybe a little tired, maybe a little overwhelmed, or those now joining full of vigor that we might share in the continued steadfastness and hope in our trusting of the who, and that of being trustworthy who's as well, that works both ways. Uh, rest in the assurance that this, is, this journey, while arduous, it is arduous sometimes, is God-ordained, and that a strengthened call for children to come will change our now and our tomorrow, a tomorrow where children can not only come, but grow old. Thank you.
Hello, Middle Church. I am so happy to be here. It is a dream come true. You have shown me so much that I don't have to be scared to share my feelings, that I'm in a community that can help me be me. Ever since we have lost our church, not only me, but we. We weren't paying most attention what's most importantly, what we need to pay attention to. We really need to pay attention about our feelings, that we don't only need a building to be safe, we need each other. We need the spirit of everyone, which is why I'm here. Because I love Middle Church so much. It is why that I have always wanted to be here for how much I love this church, our community, and me. Press on, press on, you're gonna see this. 
This is uh, my first prayer, so uh, wish me luck. <laughs> Hello God, there are many people gathered here today in a place unfamiliar to our eyes and ears. We sit and stand not in 7th Street, where we see the tall organ pipes on the left and the grand piano somehow always in tune on the right. And we hear not the reflections of Jackie's voice off the large stained glass walls of our once grand hall. Yet, there are many people gathered here in a home familiar to our hearts. I stand here in front of the spirit of middle, not singing for once. <laughs> and I'm reminded of the persistence and the strength of faith and family. For it is in a different time, a different place, and for some a different identity that we are all called to be here today. <clears throat> in the presence of love once again, the presence of an indomitable perseverance, the presence of God, we bring our bodies, our spirits, and our material gifts into this place of worship. <sighs> in ancient cultures, the ritual of a living sacrifice was commonplace. The Mayans did it, the Romans did it, the Egyptians did it, all in the process of cooling the temper of a god via a freshly released spirit. However, in John chapter 10, God says, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Life, abundantly, never the opposite. We are surrounded by life abundantly. The person next to you is alive, and the person next to them. We don't need a sacrifice for God to see that our spirits shine within his light. We have been blessed with a wondrous world. Everything, everywhere, whether hopeful or saddening, is teeming with life. The very structure of my vocal cords and the ability for you to hear my words is a miracle, a beautiful biological miracle. For our ability to sense for our hearts to pump and our spirits to sing your praises, God, we are truly grateful. Please accept our gifts for what you refuse to take in blood we offer in resources and material contributions so that once more we can see the tall organ pipes on the left and the grand piano always in tune on the right. And so that once more we can hear our praises resonate on the wide halls of a home familiar to our eyes and ears. Lord, we give our spirits to you in this beautiful life and beyond and prayer offerings perpetuate nothing but love unconditionally and life abundantly into our community and into your kingdom. In your name we pray, amen. amen. My friends, thank you for coming out and celebrating with us our children, our greatest gift. But you have one more task to do before leaving. You must sing, or we will not let you leave. Online people will deal with you later. I lift my voice. Help them out, choir. of it middle you kind of got it okay put some back into it when I live
you got it. Now that you put your back into it, we gotta raise the roof up too. Cause there's people outside that need to know the message that we have inside. Here we go. When I live children in the room to come up here real quick. Come. Come on, Elijah. Come on, come, come on, y'all. All y'all. Chelsea, did such a good job. Come on. Come on. Hi. Now, Melba, you come too. <laughs> and you and Jimmy. Let's make, a, let's make a circle. Here we go. So I, I don't know where you are in the country or Australia or wherever you're watching this, because you are everywhere, watching this, this right here, this is what it's all about. When you got little people talking about, oh, I can't even say it back. When you got little people writing poems about organs and pianos and churches and communities and love, and you got little people talking about we can just be ourselves and that's what we need, and good readers and new people who like she encouraged you. Good job, good prayer, Reverend Jackie. You know, <laughs> like, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. And it, why, why didn't the, why didn't y'all come down? <laughs> Do you want to come? Come on, hurry up. Come on, y'all. Those are mirrors, children. They're like, no, we're not ready yet. Hi, y'all. Welcome, we're glad you're here. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. And we have got to do this everywhere. In every congregation, in every synagogue, every mosque, in every school, in every neighborhood, in every uh, community. We have to make a world where children feel, thank you, Misha. We have to make a world in where children feel welcome and able to be themselves fully and like the amazing, stunning love warriors that they are. If we're not doing that, we're not doing church. If we're not doing kids, we're not doing God. If we're not doing love, we're not doing anything and we should go home. But we are doing love here. Love is spoken here. So thank you all for making this the most amazing Children's Sabbath ever. I was saying when I was talking to the little kid in each of us, uh, some of us have had lives, moments in life where we're kind of, our little child right at that point is still like, what the, right? Feel, still wounded, still hurting a little, still wanting to know they are loved. This Sabbath is for you too. You are amazing, just as you are. God made you just like that because we need you in this movement for love and justice. So to your child inside you, a blessing of healing and fierce love. To the children on this pulpit, to the children out there in the world, no matter how old you are, child, you are beloved. 
just amazing, anointed by spirit to heal this world. So may God bless and keep you. May God make God's face to shine upon you. May God be absolutely gracious unto you and give you peace upon peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.